head coach, Sheldon Keep, will join us momentarily. Recap. Shootout win against the Anaheim Ducks. And where the Leafs go from here. But overall, Gord, it's just still about accumulating points and trying to keep up with the Joneses, i.e. Tampa Bay, Florida. Even the Boston Bruins found a way to get a point. Well, second, second and third is going to be a big battle, so we know that about playing. And also, I would think we'll find out from the coach as well, developing good habits heading into the playoffs. And I guess all those good things, Kippy. Joining us now, Sheldon Keefe. Uh, Sheldon, thanks for for making time. And just, uh, again, I know you you had a quick uh, post-game interview, but uh, overall, the sense is mission accomplished with what you were able to do with your lines. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, I I think for the first game there, I'm I'm happy with with what we got out of it, uh, both in the lines themselves, but also... Some of the flexibility inside of it that allowed me to juggle things up at different times as I uh, saw fit. And, you know, you have to read off how the game is going with stoppages of play and where the TV timeouts fall and where the, you know, face-offs fall and, and uh, special teams and those, those kind of things. But uh, I was happy with how, how it worked and how we were able to, you know, control the play and get some, some real boosts at different times. Yeah, you know, I, I liked it. It's going to take some time, I think, for, for chemistry to settle in, uh, for those that aren't that familiar with each other. But uh, we wanted to be, use the time to get guys comfortable with uh, different line mates and a different flow of the bench. And uh, I liked uh, what we got out of it and how the guys responded. So, Sheldon, wondering, you know, different seasons. Wow, real different seasons. But a couple of years ago, you, you got them out of a big hole and you're fighting for a playoff spot. Last year was kind of a unique setup. Here it's like, you know, the four teams, I'm not saying home and cooled out, but there's quite a gap now. And I'm wondering how much are you looking and saying, okay, to be prepared for the playoffs, to try out more options for the playoffs, so all those kinds of things. Is, is that on your mind now that you have a chance probably because given the circumstances to try it a bit more? Well, you know what I mean. Uh, it's it's not necessarily uh, playoff focused, but knowing we have a lot of games coming ahead, and and you know we've, we're just uh, just about to to uh, get to the halfway mark here, so lots of hockey left to be played, and lots of games left to be played, and very little practice time ahead. So all those things combined, I thought the timing was right here. We're just finally healthy for the first time, and we're obviously hopeful we can remain that way. And, who knows? Uh, you know, uh, you know. Once the games start to come and, and things start to happen, you have to adjust. So, a combination of being healthy and we had, you know, back-to-back practice days, which is as we get into February, we're not going to have that virtually at all. Uh, it was a good chance to to change it up a little bit, and something that I've had my eye towards for quite some time. Just haven't felt, uh, you know, we we haven't been healthy enough, and the timing hasn't been quite right. But felt pretty good about it uh, going into this week. Sheldon, if uh, if William Nylander worried about uh, maybe a diminished role, uh, that was quickly squashed, I think, after 40 minutes when uh, he probably had the most ice time out of all of your uh, big guns. Did you get a chance to talk to him after the game uh, in terms of what he felt or how he felt uh, maybe different matchups might have helped him? Overall, uh, your thoughts on Nylander? Well, I just I, I haven't talked to him uh, since, since the game ended. Uh plan on checking in with a lot of our guys tomorrow and just, you know, on how they felt about uh, the changes and the flow of the bench and things like that. But I spoke with Will uh, before 
before making the changes just to make sure he was clear about my purpose behind it and and my intentions with him uh, and which were to um, you know to spread out our scoring throughout give other teams a little something extra to think about um, and maintain the chemistry that he has with Alex Kerfoot at the same time. I mean, I think those two guys combined, you know, with Kerfoot playing in the middle in last season's playoffs and down the stretch for last year, you know, especially when John Tavares went out, uh, I thought that Willie and, and Kerf, those guys combined uh, to be our most productive line through the playoffs. So to be able to have that as a, as a potential um you know, third group outside of Matthews and Tavares. I was really intrigued by that and have been really since the beginning, uh, you know, going into training camp and haven't been able to get a look at it. But uh wanted to be very clear with really that, you know, I was going to, you know, really monitor it and make sure that he's still getting his minutes. And I really like the ability to have Willie almost as a bit of a booster to any, any line, any particular time just throw him out there or, or uh, change his lineman to change his center at any time uh, and just change the whole complexion of the lines at any, any point in the game when, you know, whether it's an icing or something and the other team can't counter or at home with last change, it just gives us some advantages that way. And that's what I really liked about it is kind of the, the booster shifts that came out of the, the lineups. And because it's spread out over three lines, your top guys are, are, are rested more, more, more frequently, and you're able to get one or two of them out at any point in time. So uh, that's the part that I really like. The communicating properly with Willie was priority number one for me going into it. So, Sheldon, it appears you have, like, depth and experience up front. What about your decor as far as depth experience for a team that would like to go deep in the playoffs? Well, I think, you know, you're, we get two young guys in Lilligren and Sandine in particular that are, taking on a lot this season, right? They're coming from Lilligren playing uh, very, very limited uh, minutes last season, but and Sandin a little bit more and then, you know, getting some time in the playoffs. Both guys come into the season with very little experience, but it was important for us coming in to really give those guys a lot of runway. Um, Both days showed what they could handle and what they're capable of, but also give them as much runway as possible to really – um, springboard them to, to being everyday players, reliable players, and sort of getting ahead of their development curve that's typical for players of their age. Uh, the advantage they have is coming in, both of them, to uh, the American League at 18. They are a little more experienced than, than uh, players that come in to, to play pro hockey at, uh, you know, at the age of 20. Um, and we thought they could move a little bit quicker. So giving them that opportunity was big for us. Obviously, salary cap being what it is, you you have to trust that some young players are going to take big steps. I mean, the, the flat cap, we were able to add extra depth on forward, and and uh, the way it worked out, you know, the decision on defense was we're going to give these guys great opportunities, and we've done that, and I think they've done really well with it. And one of the things that I loved that happened here in the last little bit is but those two, you know, we, we went into New York against the Rangers and those guys started extremely well in the game as our team did. And then as our team sort of broke down in that second half of the game, those guys had tough nights and uh, they responded really well the next night against the Islanders. Another very tough 
physical team, hard building to play in. They responded, played well, dealt with physicality well, made plays, played with poise. All signs to me that they're progressing because I think guys who aren't quite ready to take on a lot in the NHL or aren't ready to be everyday players, they let it snowball. Then that one bad game become two, become three, become four, and then suddenly you're questioning whether they even should be in the league. These guys bounced right back, and that was a really big sign for us. Sheldon, is there any update you can give us on Lilligren and, and Muzzin and whether or not they'll be available to you on the weekend? Uh, t- today is a day off for us. To, uh, so we haven't been around the rink and not a lot happening today. So we'll get updates with those guys tomorrow. There was Lilligren was held out for precautionary reasons yesterday, and, and there was sort of a more of a positive tone to how he was feeling by the time he left the building than there was when he um, first had the collision. So that's good news, but we, we won't really have uh, reports on, on either of those guys until get, they get in tomorrow and kind of get moving and get ready for practice. You know, Sheldon, you mentioned the games will be coming at you pretty quick soon. The challenge is there, but I know when talking, like, say, Bruce Boudreau in Vancouver, I mean, Canadian-based teams, all these games being postponed, uh, and then the not playing with fans, even though you've had success. I mean, it's almost been a different kind of rhythm from being – Tired. It seemed like you were an NFL team for a bit, just playing one game a week. Obviously, that's a different kind of challenge. Yeah, you know what, Gordon, it really has been. Um, something is, in particular our veteran players have, have really spoken out about that are used to the regular rhythm and grind of the NHL and limited practice, but constantly sort of being in either rest or game mode. Um, you know, they, it's, you reference the NFL schedule. I reference a little more kind of like a, an AHL type schedule, which, uh, we've got either a mix of guys that, um, it's been a really long time since they've been in the American league or guys who never saw a day in the American league. Um, it's been a little more like that, you know, uh, two, I don't think we've ever really been to one game a week, but we've been basically working on a two game a week schedule, which is extremely rare in the NHL. They're practicing way more as a result. I think the players have had enough of that and uh, really want to get going with the regular rhythm. It's, it's interesting because when you're playing a lot, it's challenging and it's daunting and, and uh, wears on the body. But uh, you can tell that there's a lot of players in the league that are conditioned uh, to have that be part of, uh, you know, part of their routine and part of their experience of being prepared to play. And they prefer that. So I think a lot of guys are looking forward to February. Hey, Sheldon, I liked your timeout last night for no other reason. I I thought it was an excellent opportunity to go for the jugular and make the score 4-1. And I'm just wondering at that moment, are you thinking 3-1? Are you thinking, you know, some blown leads in the past and... And this is a chance to to put this game away because there there is a fine line between being concerned as a coach with some of these uh, leads that have been lost and and not making too big of a deal out of it. Out of it. Well, yeah, I think. I mean, I at that point, I'm not thinking anything about the the leads or anything or giving anything up. Uh, I, I'm thinking that we got a power play to that point. That's three for three uh, and. If there was any way possible, it felt like there could be five or six for three because of the number of chances that they've been they were generating and they were just really feeling it. And uh, you know, it was a, it was a five on three that they had been through for for about fifty seconds, and and I actually felt like they maybe were fine to just keep going, but I thought it was a good chance to use our timeout and give them a little extra breather um, and uh, chat with them a little bit. Um, 
and then and they go out and, and I thought, you know, well, first of all, they had two or three grade A chances to make it for one and Mitch hit the post and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't do that differently. I think that's exactly how I would play it again. If we had the chance, uh, get those guys back out there, obviously where we went wrong and it is, you know, we, and I put, this is where I put it on myself and this, because we call a timeout. We have the guys there. That's a group that's not used to being out to the, for the end of a power play. They either score or they end up changing at a minute to minute 10 or whatever it is. And then the second unit goes out and, um, that group is used to handling the end of a power play where they start to change and filter off and get a second defenseman on the ice and those kind of things. And, and while I would expect and, and trust that our, our guys have, have great awareness and experience to be able to handle those situations, um, that's on me as a coach to bring it to top of mind. And, and, I, and I failed to do that in that, in that, uh, in that case last night. Um, that's an area we'll, we'll be better at going forward, but uh, I wouldn't do it differently in terms of the process that we had for the timeout itself. Sheldon, I can remember decades ago, two of my most favorite people, Jim Gregory, Roger Nielsen, and Raj tried to slide out to buy Christmas gifts at Eaton Center, and he came back, and he was all pissed because people were hassling him and asking leaf questions. And Jimmy said, what do you expect? You're not in Peterborough anymore, Raj. Like, and I'm thinking, you've been at a couple years now. All these, What is it like being the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, well, uh, first of all, it's an incredible honor, um, and I recognize that. Uh, with the great honor comes great responsibility. I do not take that lightly for a second. Uh, and while, you know, I've, I've coached more games and been on the job more in pandemic times than I have normal times, so that in itself has been a little bit more restrictive on my, on my movements and other people's, of course, so not out there uh, very often probably the biggest thing that draws me out of the house over the time in two years has been my kids and, and their, you know, their, their friends and their hockey and stuff like that. So that's where, you know, it becomes more of a thing, but uh, I'm fortunate to have really good friends and, and great support around us uh, here. We've been in this area for a long time now, dating back to my time with the Marlies, you know, five years at the Marlies and developing friends there and uh, you know all of that so a lot of people I think are uh, which I love and appreciate uh, you know treat me like any other guy and and that's great and try to try to keep things as normal and humble as possible you know we all have friends all over North America uh, that we've uh, played and worked with and I I get calls uh, yesterday and it's like What's wrong with you people up there in Toronto that you can spend two hours on a show talking about lines being shuffled? <laughs> and, and I'm like, hey, that's Sheldon's to blame for that, not us. But that's, that's really, it, it, that speaks to this city and the passion and, and the finer details of uh, your day-to-day uh, uh, operations, I guess, Sheldon. It's amazing. Well, yeah, you know what? It's interesting. Uh, when I... When I took, uh, or not when I took this job, excuse me. When I when I when I had uh, been given this job and, and uh, joined the team midseason, uh, I was chatting shortly after that with John Cooper, and he made a comment to me that you know the difference between your job and mine is uh, I can we can go on a ten game losing streak and nobody would would know would even know or care, and you have a bad practice and, and uh, the whole city <laughs> and province is talking about it. Um, yes. So, 
So yeah, that's uh, that that's that is part of it for sure. But as you say, like the opportunity that we have here to be part of uh, pushing through these, you know. Uh, the, the challenges that that we've had uh, as an organization to get through the you know the tough times in the playoffs and and grow and give our fans what they absolutely deserve I mean that opportunity is you know um, is extremely rare it's what gets me out of bed in the morning and and uh, you know I try to do everything I can to work towards that and I think we've got incredible people from our management team the scouting to coaching staff development staff all the way through. Uh, to our players to you know work towards that, but the passion uh, and desire that is there for for Leafs fan is are is unmatched. So uh, you know that's uh, an incredible opportunity that I have to be a part of it. So saying that, with all our listeners uh, following right now, do you want to announce uh, Mrazik starting Saturday on our show, or do you want to wait till to do that tomorrow? <laughs> I think we'll <laughs> wait to do it to tomorrow. We'll wait and see. Uh, We'll wait and see how everybody reports to the building. Like, uh, like we talked, uh, you know, uh, we talk about a lot. We try to plan out our, our, our starters weeks or months in advance, but it's a day-to-day discussion. So we'll have the discussion in the, in the uh, morning and we'll, we'll let you know after practice. I can come back on if you need me to, but otherwise <laughs> just pay attention to the post or post practice. Ah, oh, that's a perfect answer, uh, from a head coach, uh, in Toronto, that's for sure. Sheldon, really appreciate the time. Good luck this weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. See, he's got it down, Pat. You can, if you've coached in this city, you can go straight into politics, Gord. <laughs> you can. I, I, you know, I hope that he doesn't um, get muzzled because he kind of clamped back on when he talked about the team's play being soft and they thought it meant the team was like, I'll, I, I like his candor. I enjoy it. Like, we do post game all the time. And Mike Babcock, I really enjoyed for about a year or so, and then got real tired. There were the sermon on the mounts, and you, you, he thought he was running for politics. And I got I got nothing with against Babs, but I, I like I think Sheldon really went really well thought out. And I'll tell you one other thing, you know John Cooper, like Jim Rutherford, heard of him. They would love to coach a Canadian-based team or manage a Canadian-based team. Jim Rutherford has had success in Carolina, Pittsburgh, won Stanley Cups, both places. He is going to be the star of the trade deadline. He's going to be the man out of Vancouver, just like when Berkey talks about it, your Canadian experience. Okay, it's all the scrutiny, it's all that, but you want to experience that once. It's, I'm it's, sorry, I, I, it's I wonderful. disagree. I disagree. What do you mean? There's, no, there's no way that Jimmy Rutherford's going to like uh, be a bigger star than... Uh, uh, your buddy uh, Gabby Bruce Boudreau, not not a chance. Well, Gabby doesn't make the trades. I'm just saying. No. Yeah, Gabby's going to no, be I'm the just, star. I'm just, I, he, yeah. he, he he can make the trades, but as far as a star, yeah, that's Bruce Bruce Bruce, Boudreau. there it is. Bruce, there it is. That's right. But there it is. But Jim Jimmy's had a year off. He's a he's a Canadian guy, and I'm just saying, like about being in the Canadian market, like 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 Sheldon talks about, you know, Coop kind of kids about it. Don't get your don't you know, Coop would love that from time to time. You get it in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but you can't beat that kind of buzz being the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, the Toronto Maple Leafs of a professional sport team. Couple of news and notes here. It doesn't appear that uh, the Evander Kane talks are slowing down. Uh, if anything, it sounds like everything's set to go. Uh, from what I'm hearing, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any additional uh, discipline for him uh, unless something drastically changes from what I'm told. Um, so it does seem fairly imminent that uh, 
he'll be free to sign with a team, and we all assume it's going to be the Edmonton Oilers. Well, Sammy, I, I would take Evander Kane in a heartbeat on the kind of prove-it uh, one-year contract. The big contract uh, I'll reserve judgment on, but uh, having something to prove and be bargain basement, I think he'd be a great ad. Sammy, you feel that uh, if Evander Kane has success in, in Edmonton, this will be one that kind of got away on a freebie with other teams, i.e. maybe even the Leafs? I think Sammy's the boy in the plastic bubble right now. Sammy's nowhere to be seen. I think he's playing... Uh, um, uh, Arknoid? Solitaire on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, Mario I'll throw Brothers. that to you. I'll throw that to you, Gord. Is is uh, is that one that other teams will look at and go, oh, God, I wish we had maybe explored it a little closer. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But you know what? If that's your excuse why you didn't win, forget it, Okay. Forget it. We you can look. Agree. I know there's little little pieces come along fine, and you maybe see shoot. Maybe should have tried harder that way. But uh, yeah, I, I. But I think with Edmonton, just that injection of a power forward and that perfect timing for it. I wish the guy the best too. I, you know, he's got some stuff to figure out, and I, I, I don't. He's not going to obviously get the kind of contract he signed in San Jose, but hopefully get back on track. Yeah, desperate times. That not not as many teams as desperate. That's the bottom line here. You're gonna have um, you're gonna have buyers and sellers, trade deadline wise. Like you're gonna have in the East, eight oh there are eight buyers, eight sellers. So you're gonna have all you know all kinds out there. So you're right about that. That if you don't get a Vander Kane, there's look look what Philadelphia says they're doing. I mean, I I really think it's gonna be as advertised the trade deadline. Nathan McKinnon left bloodied last night. Gored by Taylor Hall. What looked like a uh, clear-cut headshot ended up being his own stick. That's what one of those examples where it's nice to be able to go back to the, the video and see what yep. really happened. Yep, that goes Taylor back to Hall, that. Uh, McKinnon will not be available uh, to play on Friday and in all probability, I'm told, will be out of the NHL All-Star weekend. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, in Taylor Hall as well, Kippy, we can talk about it tomorrow too, but he can't fight Gabriel Landeskog. Like, Matt Dumba did that and got hurt, got knocked out for the season a couple of years ago. You know, you got to, you know, I know the retribution thing, but uh, to me, it's someone else he's got to fight rather than a bona fide fighter like Landeskog. Gord, you brought it today. You and that, um, that laundry basket uh, above your right shoulder that I've stared at for two hours. What are you showing me now? You that. and Ted dancing? Yeah, yeah. Don wow. Landry, myself, now, and Ted Danson. That's not fair to the podcast <laughs> listeners now, Gord. They can't see you and They could just Ted imagine Danson it. from Cheers. Looking great. Great job today, Gord. As always, our thanks to Sam and Derek. Please join us again tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Thanks, everybody.